Today's episode of Bringing Grace to the Nations podcast is brought to you by Tocoa Falls College in Tocoa Falls, Georgia. Since 1907, TFC, glorifying God through seeking and developing leaders who will impact the world for Jesus Christ. For more information on TFC, call 706-886-7299 or visit them online at tfc.edu. That's tfc.edu. Thanks for listening to that. And now, here's your regularly scheduled intro. You are listening to Bringing Grace to the Nations podcast, where we talk about your theological questions. BGN podcast is produced every Saturday for your enjoyment. Get more information on our website, grace-nation.com. Also, follow us on Twitter at GraceNationMin and on Facebook. Now, here is your host, President of Grace Nation Ministries, Victor. Yo, yo, what is up, guys? And welcome back to a brand new episode of Bringing Grace to the Nations podcast. I am your host, Victor, and I am so excited to be back here today. Now, I know I was going solo in the past two episodes, but today I am not solo. In fact, I am inviting back a very good friend of mine. In fact, he was on the first ever podcast of Bringing Grace to the Nations podcast. He was on the 11th. Was it the 11th? It was the 11th. It was the 11th. That's right, boys. Griffin is back. Whoa, 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 what? Welcome back, Griffin. How is it going? Dude, it's going great, man. I can't complain. It's, uh, it's crazy. So you're, in, you're still in Florida, right? You're yeah, in Florida. man. I'm not in Florida. Because you're lame. Well, okay. Yeah. I'm in North Carolina. We're recording this thousands of miles apart. It's really only like 600 miles apart, but it feels like we're a thousand miles apart. It feels like a million miles. It does. It yeah. feels like we've been separated forever, but exciting news. Like you're graduating. Yeah, man. Less than two weeks. going to walk ex- that stage to get that diploma. Uh-huh. That's exciting. Yeah. Uh, and kind of fun news. You're like the top of the class. Oh, yeah, this is thing called valedictorian that apparently I got, but I don't know about that. For, like, but... being the smartest person, yeah, sure. That's that's what they tell me, but, you know. Dude, congratulations. I'm excited. I wish I could be at graduation uh, to see you walk. You'll be there in spirit. It's okay. I will. I promise yeah, I will yeah. be there in spirit. Uh, so today's today's uh, episode is clickbait. Um, we, want, we, we are attacking a cult. No, I'm kidding. It's not clickbait. Um, but we're going to be talking about something that's gone kind of mainstream, I would say, maybe, in Christianity. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, it's, we're kind of late to the party. Uh, I've had, I have my opinion. Griffin has his opinion. We, we kind of agree with each other, so we thought we would bring it to you guys um, and hopefully kind of clarify some, some things that have been happening within Christian worship over the past few, I don't know, probably how long, like month, month and a half. It's been a month, a month and a half, yeah. Yeah. And I think, uh, just for reference for this podcast, we did a Heresy and Worship podcast a while ago. Griffin, were you on that one? I don't think so. I don't know. Um, I don't think I was on that one, no. No, I think it was me and Billy. Billy and I did a Heresy and Our Worship podcast where we talk about uh, what a uh, beautiful name, and we talk about about that song a little bit, Um, but... More specifically, we're going to be diving into a different song, and if you look at the title of today's podcast, you're going to know what we're going to be kind of referencing. We're not necessarily attacking a song uh, as much as a con- we're talking about a concept yeah. uh, that is within that specific song, and that is, is God's love reckless or is ours? And we're, we're going to kind of 
we're, we're going to kind of dive into this a little bit. And before, I, I mean, definitions are key. And we're going to talk about some of the definitions a little bit later. But I think Griffin and I want to kind of speak on uh, ambiguity in worship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, Griffin, give, a, give us your thoughts on that. Ambiguity in worship. What is ambiguity? Uh, should it be present in, in our worships and in our church? Um, give us a little bit of insight there. That uh, understood correctly or well. And so, it, worship should not be ambiguous because you don't know who's in the audience. You don't know if you if you're. I mean, you can you can't always assume that you're in a room full of mature Christians that are going to be able to understand a difficult concept that might not be true from like is only right from your perspective. Right. Like you can't you can't deliver all of that in a song. And so when we worship, we have to be clear about what is true in Scripture and what is true about God. Uh, we can't be ambiguous. Yeah, and, and I mean, this is something that's not just in this specific song that we're referencing. This is something that we have to look out for everywhere in worship It's music. true, yeah. Uh, this is something that we have to be careful of when we're preaching sermons and when we're sitting in the in the congregation and listening to pastors preach. This is something that, that's, that we need to be on guard for. Like, we need to be testing the spirits. And I think when we have ambiguity present in worship, there is... We are promoting confusion over worship. And so we're causing confusion in our congregation. And they might not, the congregation might not even think they're confused. They, they're thinking this is truth. And so, right. you know, I, I always use the example, like if there's an eight-year-old kid in my congregation and we sing the song Reckless Love and he goes home and before he goes to bed at night, you know, he, he says, thank you God for having reckless love for me. You know, he believes that is truth, and although he might not understand fully what that means now in the future, that's going to play a big part in his understanding of who God is, especially as he hits, you know, his teen years and he has, you know, the likelihood of, to get out of church, and there are some things that could happen, and this is just dangerous to have in our church. Yeah, people really undervalue the, the power of worship. Uh, worship helps shape our theology and our thoughts on who God is, um, and when we're flippant, or, or don't take too seriously the words that we use about God. If we sacrifice truth for an emotional response or a word that we think is cool or fits a fits a, uh, we we start verge into dangerous waters. I think. Yeah. No. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. And so the song that we're referencing, if you don't know the song, we're talking. We're going to be kind of talking about reckless love today. And we're not again, like I said, we're not going to be attacking the song. We're not going to be attacking the, you know, the songwriter or churches that sing the song. We're going to be looking at a concept that is present within the song. And so there are two sides uh, present uh, in this kind of debate. And the first, the the first side, and I would say it's probably the probably the popular side, is that reckless love is fine to use in the song it is it is fine to use that term reckless to describe god's love and then right. the other side of the camp is no it's not okay to say that god's love is reckless and that's i mean it's very simple there's really no middle ground um yeah in, in this debate and so what what griffin and i are going to do is i'm going to kind of we're going to present both sides we don't want to we don't want to um, you know, be overly biased. We do want to present what we feel is the biblical basis, the biblical conclusion, but we don't want to just be slamming everything. So I'm going to talk about, I'm going to read from, you know, the songwriter's website, and I'm, I'm going to read kind of his purpose behind uh, using the term reckless 
and his song. And then Griffin's going to kind of give the other side of the debate. He's, he's going to respond to what I read. And then he's going to give an argument for why we should not use the term reckless in, uh, in worship music. Uh, yep. And so I'm literally just going to read right off uh, his site. Here's what he says. I'll, I'll link this article in the show notes for you guys for reference too. Is God's love reckless? No. The core, okay. The, core, <laughs> the chorus focuses on how incredible it is that God loves us and pursues us. The term reckless has gotten a lot of attention. And as usual, when a gifted songwriter uses a bit of language that is not typical, all the Pharisees in the church come out and make a loud fuss. Here are a few reasons why I have no issues with the term reckless in describing God's love. One, the definition of reckless is without thinking or caring about the consequences of inaction. While in most contexts this is a negative connotation, the word reckless itself does not necessarily carry a negative connotation on its own. Two, word meaning changes and evolves. It's common for words and associated connotations to change and evolve over time. Maybe it wouldn't have been appropriate to use the to use the term reckless to describe God's love a decade or two ago, but words and their associated connotations are adaptable to their time and culture. Biblical support is the third one. Corey wrote this song with the parable in Luke 15 in mind. Do you know how reckless it was for the father to receive the prodigal son back into his house? He did not care about the consequences of what other people thought of this act of love. Same thing with the parable of the lost sheep. Why would a shepherd not care about the safety of the 99 to go and find the one? And then he goes on uh, to talk about foolishness. He, he closes this part here. He says, look at 1 Corinthians 1.18, where a guy named Paul writes the message of the cross is foolish to the world. You know what word is similar to foolish? Reckless. And that is the... That is the three-point argument for using the term reckless in the song Reckless Love. All right, let's get to work. Okay. Right. Um, <laughs> um, so, Griffin, right. how do you respond? Yeah. How, do you okay, come, so, how do you come back at that? Um, I think, and I, I'm trying to say this with the most amount of grace that I can, all three of those arguments are trash. Um, uh, <laughs> so before we dive into why... Each one of those arguments are just not good arguments. Um, I don't appreciate being called a Pharisee right off the right off the bat. Yep. Like that's just that's just slanderous. Like that's not how we should talk to our Christian brothers it's and divisive. sisters. Um, that's not good language to use when talking about these sort of things. Uh, but he, he, I think he has struggle using language. I'm just kidding, guys. I'm backing <laughs> off. I'm kidding, I'm kidding. But both sides do this. I'm not trying to single out one side or the other. This is just a problem with Christians in general with these kind of topics. Right, as we right, get right. a little too heated about it. Um, okay, so the first argument was using the definition of reckless, correct? Yes, and the definition of reckless from Google is mm -hmm. without thinking or caring about the consequences of an action. And he's trying to use this argument to support his point. Yeah. That just doesn't make sense to me. Um, <laughs> I, I'm sorry, guys. Um, Psalms 140, uh, 147 verse 5 says, Great is our Lord and abundant in strength. His understanding is infinite. Um, God doesn't do anything without thinking or caring about the consequences. Uh, he knows everything. He knows every potential consequence or action of an action, and he cares about it. Like this is, this is his show. Like he he cares about what happens to everybody and everything. Uh, like, 
I don't know, man. I, I, yeah. it's, it's, a, it's troublesome. Yeah, and like, it, he, he's saying that, like, the connotation on its own does not carry a negative – like, it's, it's not a negative connotation. And But but it is. Like, it, it is, and it's a negative denotation, and he, he completely disregards that. I don't see how without thinking or caring about the consequences of an action is positive. And another word – yeah. Another word for yeah. this is, is is apathy. I mean, right? It's just, and apathy is not a, a thing we look for in a person. Right. Like, that's not. It's not a character trait that I want my wife to have. Right. You know what I mean? So um, yeah, like it just, carries just, a negative yeah. denotation. Um, it really it, does. Yeah, one hundred percent. And so I, I just right off the bat, he's trying to use the definition of the word to support himself when it it does the opposite, um, yeah. even from a connotation standpoint. Now the second point if you've listened to the other podcast that i did i actually agree with the point he's making here right yeah that that language changes over time that definitions of word changes language is subjective like i'm all about that he doesn't get to decide that right all right he doesn't get to wake up one day and decide that the world is ready for this definition of reckless that doesn't exist yet but he's claiming that it is and that it's there but i'm going to tell you right now the fact that this podcast exists and the fact that people are talking about it shows that Reckless has not reached this level that he wants it to reach yet. Right. It still exists in the same place that it did 10 years ago when he said right. this wouldn't be a good place to use this word. 100%. Um, and now let's talk about the biblical examples. Uh, he talks about how the father of the prodigal son would have been perceived as reckless from the people. Perception of something doesn't mean that is what it is. Okay, the father's love wasn't reckless. It was all-encompassing. It was far-reaching. It was self-sacrificing. It wasn't reckless. He right. was taking his son back. That's just that's just agape love. Um, the the parable of the ninety-nine and the one, which is the most popular argument for this song, people are missing. Like God doesn't leave people behind. He's not leaving. Like the whole point of that parable should not focus on the ninety-nine. Like he's leaving those ninety-nine safe in their pen. They're just chilling. Like he's not yeah. like leaving them to like run through the woods with the tigers. And there are he's other shepherds them, there contextually. Like contextually speaking, yes, that's what have been the understand the Jewish understanding. The point of that parable is to talk about again how far reaching, self sacrificing, and all encompassing God's love is for the individual. Like we have worth. Right. And that's what this parable is trying to say. God loves us as people individually, not that God is quote unquote reckless in loving us. Right. Um and then the third one, talking about this, I think is the stupidest argument. I'm sorry, <laughs> talking about how because the world sees the cross as foolish, so we can use the word reckless. Okay, but the cross isn't actually foolish. Right. Okay. Like we don't we don't actually say that the gospel is foolish. We say it's we say it's like it's it's beautiful. Yeah. It's it's awe inspiring. It 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 goes it transcends the mind to right. think that God would do this for us, but it's not foolish. Right. Like it's not foolish now. We might perceive God's love as reckless. That does not make it so. 100%. Okay. Um, and so, I don't know, man. Like, he, when, I, when I hear the, them use the word reckless in this song, I feel like they're not actually trying to say reckless. I feel like, based on the context of the song actually happening, they're really saying words like they're saying reckless to mean far-reaching, self-sacrificing, all-encompassing. And my whole thing is just use one of those words. Right. Like you don't actually mean reckless when you're right. saying it in this song. Yeah. No, 100%. And, and the article goes on. And I'll just read a quick, a, quip, a quick blurb of what he says. He says, I honestly cannot believe I just wasted 10 minutes of my life needing to argue why uh, it's okay to use the description of God's love being reckless. Uh, yeah. Uh, so he says I can't that. believe I decided to waste 10 minutes of my life 
telling you why it's not okay. Uh, yeah. Right. And, and then he said, but nope, we have to battle the Pharisaic, the Pharisaical and religious tendencies that are within Christianity. Um, All right. Now listen up. If there's any person on the planet that is against Pharisaical Christianity, it's me. All right. Yeah. I just wrote a like 40 page senior research paper on that exact True. topic. And if you're a... expecting a podcast about that soon. <laughs> there is a difference between Pharisaical legalism truth and that oh, is a 100%. fine line yeah 100 percent. like that we um, have to be aware of yeah and he's blurring that line yeah tremendously there in that statement uh and the article goes on to say some other things but those are the three prongs of his argument and i think before we kind of continue on we have to define what reckless is and i mean he used it in his article or in his um argument you know the the definition of reckless is just basically without thinking or caring about the consequences of an action. And then we're going to just go ahead and define the love. That is the agape love that, that he's referring to there in that song. That is the self-sacrificial love that God has for yeah. us. Absolutely. Now, Griffin, I, I want you to kind of talk on this. Does self-sacrificial equal reckless? Absolutely not. And why? Yeah, absolutely not. Because... Again, guys, we have to look at this definition of the word reckless. We can't just impute our own meaning into it without thinking or caring about the consequences. You can care very deeply about the consequences of an action and think very deeply about the consequences of an action and still take that action. Right. Like you're, if you're gonna like if you're gonna take a self-sacrificing move and and give your friend like a hundred dollars, like you you're un, you're understanding the cost. Right. Right. Like that's what a wise person does. But and, and that's what yeah. that's what God did in His uh, with Jesus here on this earth. Like it wasn't like He was just like, oh, you know what? I'm just gonna send Jesus down here to take care of something. Like that's not how it was. It was planned from the very beginning. Yeah, it, it was like God. Like people often don't refer to God this way, and we're probably not gonna spend too much time on this. But like God is a logical God. He yeah. he planned no. like everything is planned out to the T every because he's sovereign he's over everything. Yeah. It's I mean not you like could spend yeah you could spend a lot of time talking about this that like God I would go so far as to say that God is logic right. God is is sensibility right like God in its is most complete form cognition like he is those things and I just like I just want everyone that's listening to really think about the God that is shown to us in scripture and then the definition without thinking or caring about the consequences of an action yeah and then, and then equate those opposites. That, that's just not there I'm sorry yeah like absolutely not I d- and like, then, it's but, difficult but to when, understand like and I understand when people do sing this song that's not what's going on in their brains in our brains, when I sing this song, that's not what I'm thinking. I'm thinking, wow, God's love is really cool. Right. Like, that's great. But we have to look at the word we're using and what it means right. now. Yeah. And you, know? and, you know, there's a prime example. I was, I was this weekend, I was at a training. Um, and, and before the training would start, we'd do, we would do a short worship set. And, and the, uh, the group of people that were doing it sang Reckless Love. And uh, so, you know, I was there and I, I was just I was just praying through the song and I was like like Jesus like you are great like you are sovereign Lord and humble my heart like I was just praying and after the song was kind of over the uh, she entered into prayer she started praying and she said something that was really intriguing to me and she was broken down like she was crying like she was emotionally affected and she she thanked God for the recklessness of his love and 
that really, it almost broke my heart that someone would be so emotionally affected by God's supposed non-caringness. Or thoughtlessness. Or yeah, I would thoughtlessness. say the I would say the opposite would be much more powerful to think right. that like God's planned His love for me. Like that's from the before time began. Right. He's like, He's planned His love for me. Like I don't know. I I think a big one of the reasons the song is so popular is that it taps into an emotion. Um, I think it taps to an, another kind of problem that worship experiences these days, which is the need for emotional response. Um, that these yeah. songs they're they're not good unless they can can cause someone to be emotional when really that's it's the other way around like a song should be theologically accurate and and from that should elicit or could elicit emotion yeah like um 100 yeah a worship's 100%. not about emotion right um, right and, yeah. and so often and i think satan uses an emotional response oftentimes to confuse us with the work of the spirit and i've talked about this a few times now it's not saying that worship cannot invoke emotion like like True. You're yes about. that is correct however when we attribute this emotional response to the Holy Spirit, we can be quickly deceived. It's like it's when you say, I have not successfully worshipped unless I have felt an emotion. Right. That 100%. is... That... Because... Our internet is... Uh, our internet connection is... is uh, Griffin, our internet cut out there. Can you, uh, can you hear what you said? I got you. I got you. <laughs> if we ever say that um, unless I've had an emotional experience, I have not truly worshipped, uh, that's a huge yeah. that's a huge problem. Because if, the, if ever a day comes and will come to all Christians where that emotion just isn't there, we feel like we've lost our ability to worship. Yeah. And that's, that's just – that's sad. Like it we is. can't work that way. Yeah, and okay. yeah, and it's. I mean, it it is a blessing from God that we can worship, and then when we and that feel we can like we've feel been, emotion, right, yeah, right, one hundred percent, yeah, no, and and that kind of leads us into the second part of the title of this podcast: is God's love reckless or is ours? And I want to go so far to say that yes, our love is oftentimes very reckless. You want to know why? Because we are flawed beings that often do not think about the consequences of the things we do. True. Um, I mean, we don't have to spend too much time on the theological application of this, but I'm mm -hmm. just saying we are totally depraved beings in need of yes. a savior whose love is steadfast and can mend our reckless love that we're born with. Like, yeah, it's not even Amen. like, I would like, mm -hmm. we are born with reckless love. And that is, I mean, that would be like in opposition to Christ. Like God's so. love is yeah. steadfast and whole and complete. And we like are broken yeah. and, and, you know, you know, pulled mm -hmm. apart in pieces and, and God's love is what mends us back together. Not recklessly. Yeah. I think, um, a lot of people are trying to, you know, one of the questions asking is what's the harm? Like, what's the harm in calling God's love reckless? Uh, and I think that when over a long period of time of this song teaching us our theology and we learn that reckless love is good love. I mean, that's how you get an 18 year old to marry his girlfriend of two weeks yeah. you know you're like i love this girl recklessly i'm not gonna think about it i just love her and i know that i do and god's and, gonna take care of it and god's gonna take care of that because he honors reckless love like guys right. this is we're, we're not thinking about long-term effects right of like these god kinds is, of words 
creating yeah. our theology. Right. It, and words and our definitions of specific phrases should not dictate how we interpret scripture. Sorry. That's not if we take a proper hermeneutic of what the Bi- of the Bible, we learn to read the Bible through what? Their cultural lens. Not through yeah, their our context. cultural yeah. lens, right? So when we read scripture in context, never once and I mean you can correct me if I'm wrong, never once in the Bible is God's love defined as reckless. Not even close. Like yeah. never in one spot. And so for us to think that we are big enough to now take something that's not present in the Bible and actually taught against in the Bible, but we're big enough and smart enough to kind of change what the Bible's saying to make it fit our cultural lens, then we're just twisting scripture at this point. And again, I mean, it all comes down to, again, what words mean and what they, what they, what they project because when the average Christian is singing this song, they're not thinking these things. Right. They're thinking that when they're saying the word reckless, they're praising God because they're talking about how powerful God's love is and how much you matter to God, which is true, but there's just so many better words that we can use to convey that. I think we listed out a few of them. Steadfast, far-reaching. All-encompassing. All-encompassing. Self-sacrificing. Agape. Use the word agape. Like Like beautiful. Um, There's just no no need to use the word reckless. And, And we are unneedingly putting this ambiguity into our worship songs and it's going to lead people astray it's going to lead people astray and i and i know i'm gonna have people come back at me and be like well then you can't use any language in songs because it could all be interpreted differently no that's That's not true it's not true when we talk about biblical truths that are founded in scripture when we recite scripture when we are singing the things of God that we find all throughout the Bible, the way, you know, people worship God. And and that is not, that can't be, if you're misinterpreting that, then you don't have the spirit inside you, you know, like interceding. Yeah. The job of the modern Christian is not to create new definitions for words or new definitions for biblical words. It's to take the cultural definitions of words that exist and find the ones that most closely reflect the reality of scripture. Right. Like we have to like we like English is different than Greek. All right, that's the truth. But the job of, scholar, of Bible scholarship and the average Christian is to look at the Bible, understand what it's saying, and then attribute our language that can best reflect that. Yeah. Like English only has one word for love. What are you going to do about that? Yeah. Greek has four. I mean, we got to use the word love, but we can take time to explain it. Yeah. And we can take and, time to better use it. But love is the word. But reckless, there's just no there's no place for that. Right. For that yeah. word, there's no, better words to absolutely. use. Yeah. And at this point, like. I don't want to attack people or groups or churches or anything. I don't either. And that's why I've said Um, so many times that like to the person singing the song, this is not the intent. And I don't, I don't want to put that on people. Right. Um, But we just want to make you more aware of some of the things that are present within the American, Mm -hmm. you know, worship style. And, and these things are happening and this is not the only song where it's present. Um, and it, yeah, this it's is just the example that we're using. Right, because there's yeah. a lot of mainstream Christian artists and worship bands that that are kind of presenting these amb- ambiguous... Uh, ambiguous. Ambi- is that the word? <laughs> ambiguous? Did you just say ambiguous? I might have. I did. <laughs> oh, my gosh. All these ambiguous... How do you say it? Ambiguous. Ambiguous, ambiguous <laughs> words and songs... 
and they're leading people astray. I mean, I'm not again. I don't want to attack people or or worship bands, but this is not the first time that Bethel or Hillsong has had controversy surrounding one of their songs that I believe is just giving them more publicity uh, and giving them more fame than what, and, and it's mm-hmm. becoming a pattern. It should not be this difficult to write a theologically accurate worship song. Right. It's becoming a pattern. This is not yep. the first time that Bethel has put out something that is that has led people astray or that has um, created this this kind of ambi- amb- ambiguity. Ambiguous. Oh, oh, my gosh. Ambiguity. No, that's a word. Ambiguity is a word. Yeah, ambiguity is a word, yeah. Okay. I thought you were going to say ambiguity. This kind of ambiguity. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's just leading people astray. And we have to be careful. Uh, and so that's, I mean, what's the point of Grace Nation? I talked about it a few weeks ago on a podcast, right? The point of Grace Nation Ministries is to, is to equip and inform the people of Christ to better serve the church and the world around them. And so Amen. this is what we're doing. We are equipping and informing Grace Nation listeners to be more aware of these things that are in the church. And I would just want to be faithful in doing that. Um, and so that's that's what we're doing. We're not serving as the church. We're not serving as your spiritual authorities. We are just bringing uh, some attention to something that we've yeah. noticed in popular Christian culture. Yeah. And we're not the only people that hold this that hold this opinion or this view. This is true. But they we also are, know that like a lot of people don't agree with us either. Right. Um, a lot of people don't you, agree. If you and don't, so we'll, yeah, there's definitely right. thoughtful conversation to be had. Right. We're not trying to this. argue with you. Like if if you don't agree, like send us an email. Let's dialogue about it. Maybe we're missing something that that you know that we need to talk about, or or maybe there's something that we need to know that that maybe we're missing. And so we want to engage in dialogue, and we want to maybe learn. Uh, you know from you guys but this this is the position that I, that my conviction strongly hold um and so i do not i do not sing that god's love is reckless i think i don't think that is uh, biblically accurate i think it's opposed to scripture i think so too griffin dude what up thanks for being on the podcast dude thanks for having me man that's a quick it's cool. 30 minutes yeah that's man good. it's cool that we can uh do this technology in states. that's fun technology yeah we are uh, i'm just i'm probably gonna go play some Fortnite um after it's this not a bad idea um yeah. because dusty depot is gone dusty divot much much sad if you don't know what i'm talking about i'm sorry don't even don't even worry about it yeah. <laughs> guys, guys we have so many exciting things happening on grace-nation.com a lot of cool stuff happening with grace nation ministries and this very podcast so if you want to keep up to date and you want to know what's going on head over to our website and sign up for our newsletter just do it you're going to get so much information you're going to get some exclusive content maybe an exclusive podcast every now and then uh some video updates just Ooh. a lot of really cool stuff that you should want to check out and then also, if you haven't uh, followed us on Instagram, you should probably go do that because once we hit 500 followers, we are doing a huge giveaway that I mentioned last week what? in the podcast. So you what? should totally follow us. Yeah, dude. We uh, we, we big time now. We on Spotify. We big yeah, time. Yeah, that's right. We big time. We hit made it. Hit that shuffle. Hit that uh, shuffle. <laughs> <laughs> you can uh, access our podcast on Spotify. So if you're listening on Spotify, send me an email and I'll send you something. Uh, because I want all my Spotify listeners to uh, be active in everything we're doing. My email is gracenationministries at yahoo.com. Griffin, dude, Victor. we're going to have you on the podcast again. Heck yeah. And we're going to talk about your paper that you just you, you slaved over for the past semester. Oof. And it's Oof. beautiful. It's a beast, man. And, and I'll tell you what. Yeah, I'm excited. Yeah. Dude, 
congratulations on finally being able to graduate. Congratulations Thank on you. valedictorian. Thank you. And, dude, I'm excited to see what you do in this time uh, post-school. So Me too, man. Me we're too. We're excited. We're excited for you. Guys, you are beautiful and you are one of a kind. Reach out to you me on all social right. media. Um, I'd love to talk to you. I've been getting some awesome comments. You guys are awesome. I'll talk to you soon. Until next time, take care. And God bless. And that's the show. Thanks for listening. The BGN Podcast comes out every week. Questions? Email us at gracenationministries at yahoo.com or tweet us at gracenationmin. Until next time, take care and God bless.